Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show, a podcast for tired parents who are searching for a bit more sleep the caring way. I'm your host, Kerry Secker, infant sleep consultant, founder of my unique sleep approach, Care It Out, and your caring sleep supporter. I really hope you'll join me on my mission to get small to settle night's sleep without the tears, training, or techniques. I love talking about sleep and I can't wait to share my sleep subjects with you. My approach to getting you more sleep is simple, straightforward, but above all, it's got to make sense and feel best for you. Ready to get more sleep? Then let's get started. You are listening to your host, Kerry Secker, infancy consultant, founder of her unique sleep approach, Care It Out, on a mission to get you and your small settled night's sleep without tears, training or techniques. Today, I am joined on the show by a very exciting guest. Um, I know her personally, I know her professionally, absolutely love her and cannot wait to talk to her again. Many of you may already know her too. She definitely gets around. Today, I am going to be talking to Maria Betsworth from Milk Making Mama. How are you, Marie? Maria? Hello. It is really nice to speak to you again, and I'm so happy to be on the show. Thank you for having me. No worries. Thank you so much for coming and talking to us again. I, You don't need me to t- I can't believe I actually just got your name wrong there. <laughs> Marie, isn't it? Marie. <laughs> don't worry. I'm not even going to edit it out, Maria, because it's ridiculous I even did that for the amount of like like the times we talk and yeah I honestly I say this all the time I absolutely love you and your approach and everything you stand for but um let's hear it from you thank you so much that's really kind of you yes so my name is Maria Betsworth I am an IBCLC I'm an antenatal teacher and doula and acupuncturist I've got lots and lots of titles but the most important one is my booby business I run an Instagram page called milk making mama where I post daily posts on breastfeeding education motivation and just lots and lots of topics where I have guest speakers on that also enlighten us on breastfeeding and other subjects and I have a little shop milkmakingmama.co.uk where you can buy pins and key rings to celebrate some of the breastfeeding achievements some of the breastfeeding moments that you've gone through um, some nursing pads and you can book some online consultations with me if you have any problems in terms of your milk making journey whether that's pumping or antenatal education on breastfeeding or anything else I am I would love to hear from you and I'm really happy to be on the show and talk about breastfeeding and sleep because sleep and breastfeeding is one of my top topics I write about a lot (laughs) and I cannot wait to mix our approaches on on the gentle sleep in the show today. Yeah, mine too. I love that you've um, got where you wear lots of hats, Maria, because you certainly do. You're lots of things to lots of people and yeah, like you, um, talking about booby business like this comes up a lot breastfeeding and sleep and gentle sleep comes up all the time um and I know we've got so much um to talk about today you're just a wealth like I'm always every single day I must be saying to like the families that I talk to oh let me just go and ask Maria oh I bet you who knows I bet you Maria will know (laughs) that's exactly the same for me as well I think our businesses are very much overlapping in the subjects because I've never not spoken to someone who also had sleep concerns or at some point when their breastfeeding journey became something that had to do with sleep and wanting the reassurance on sleep and I'm always saying you know I'm not the sleep expert please go over to Carrie please talk to her because she will help you with 
the many, many courses and many, many resources that you offer. And it's always something that goes hand in hand because you, I don't think I've met a breastfeeding mom that hasn't got a sleep question. And it's really nice to have that connection to point them towards your direction as well. Definitely. And it definitely works this way too. Um, not all the um, mummers I speak to will be breastfeeding, but so, like, a massive majority do. And I think that's really important. I always say I'm not an expert on anything. I've got expertise and experience. I think that's really important for parents to get there. I do think it's really important for practitioners to stay in their scope of practice. And if I don't know the answer to something, I will always refer them on. And it's so lovely having people that such as yourself, Maria, that you can just forward parents on. Like I know that I can trust you completely to, to answer their questions. If you don't know, I would imagine it's very fair, then you could pass them on as well. And that's exactly my approach as well. I want to build this multidisciplinary team of amazing people from different professions where we can just go you know what I'm not entirely sure I just want to have a second opinion I don't think anybody should take on the task and knowing absolutely everything that would be totally exhausting so it's yeah. really lovely to have other people that we can refer to that we can you know discuss things in cases and sometimes things are not by the books or most of the time nothing will run by the books to be honest and it's really lovely and refreshing to hear other people's experiences and journeys and what they have done in their field and I always love learning about everything because it reassures me as a parent of two as well to just know that I'm doing the right things for my child when I speak to other professionals from other fields as well. Yeah. It's so hard. That whole topic of what's right, right or wrong comes up all the time. It certainly comes up in my practice a lot. And I take it, it comes up in yours. Yeah, most certainly. Yeah. It is always, um, I think it's a combination of feeling guilty for something that other people have pressured you to do differently, that have put pressure on that they, sometimes it's relatives and mostly it's family members or people that you know that either are doing it different with their own children and you look at them and go, why aren't my kids doing this and what am I doing wrong? Or it's an active kind of comment that someone makes. And there are many shoulds of a situation, whether or not that has to do with breastfeeding or with sleep or bottle feeding or any parenting topic, it's always that kind of, I didn't do that. Why are you doing this? And do you yeah. think it's right? And Sometimes the formation of a certain sentence that has a should in there makes you feel that kind of guilt when really if you're looking in the grand scheme of your parenting journey and all the things that you're doing, you're doing a wonderful job for your child. But it's really easy for a new parent to lose that confidence when other people are making you feel a certain way and where when there are so many myths about something as well. And me and you love a good myth buster as well about subjects because it's just one of my favorite topics is busting some myth about sleep because there are so many when it comes to breastfeeding and it's really heartbreaking to know that so many old wives tales are still circulating and they are not helping at all yeah I totally agree I don't know if you heard that but I literally just nearly fell off my chair because I uh, <laughs> I love busting a myth like there's especially in sleep there's there's so many and I spend a lot of my time trying to debust those on on my feed and wherever I'm working around but yeah there is definitely a lot of pressure on parents it doesn't even necessarily have to be new parents second third fourth time round it's I think it's yeah. a completely different experience for everybody and so much pressure to get it right but one of my biggest things here is that no right or wrong if it comes from love we all do things differently but it doesn't make it right or wrong there's no right or wrong it's whether me or 
working for you. I think that's what I love about your approach with breastfeeding as well, Maria. Like, there is no right or wrong. It's about parents finding what's working for them and their little ones. Exactly. And everybody has a unique experience. Like you said, this could be your 10th child and this will still be a new relationship that you're forming with this child that you've never met and you're starting a new journey together. And I think it's really important to always stick to your guns. I always say comparison leads to tears and that doesn't just apply to parenting. It applies to absolutely everything in life. The more you look at other people and how they do it, and even though they are not you and they will never be you and have the unique features that you bring into the table, it is very hard to sometimes filter when other people are doing things differently and they are working and their children are different and they are different parents to not go, why aren't my kids doing this? What am I doing wrong? And go into this comparison and that drags you down and really you're doing a wonderful job. And for your family, the settings that you have put in place, whether or not they're breastfeeding, formula feeding, or how you sleep or how your children eat, all of these topics, when they work for you, then that's what matters. Yeah, I completely agree. So hard though, let's be, because I love honesty, it's really hard not to compare yourself. I compare myself all like I'm not a parent but I compare myself all the time I know it I talk to my parents about doing it but it's still really hard not to compare yourself to I don't know somebody else in business another family down the road baby Bob who's living down the road but just to remind yourself that we're all on a journey and it all looks different and it's all relative to everybody Yeah, and that's when it's important. I think it's always easy to say, oh, don't compare yourself, which is something, you know, you can work on. But every now and then we all fall back in the same pattern and go, oh, well, she can sleep for 15 hours and not even move. And my child is terrorizing me for three years straight. You know, it's very hard to forget sometimes what's going on and not to take things personally from other people. And that's when it's important to know what is a myth. Why are these things happening to me? What is completely normal developmental behavior for children? What is normal breastfeeding behavior? What's bottle feeding behavior? What are the things that make babies babies and what are normal things? And what is the range of normal as well when it comes to your child? And that sometimes helps a lot more than just saying, well, don't look at others. That's not going to help. Well, we know that. But having the tools to work through, okay, what can I do to reassure myself that things are going well? So from a breastfeeding perspective, that can be looking at nappy output and then in combination with weight gain and his baby reaching developmental milestones and all these kinds of things. And from a sleep perspective, you can look at all the different kind of sleep circles and cycles and things that children naturally will do and you do that so brilliantly with the courses that you offer because you go through the processes of sleep and you give people the knowledge that they can just understand a little bit more it doesn't mean you can actually fully change a unique human being Mm. and make make them feed a different way or make them sleep a different way but it just makes you come to terms with how you're relationship with this topic that makes you feel pressured is making you feel Mm -hmm. because if you know it's normal and this is a normal development that all children and babies at these ages go through then you can lean back and just give them that space without feeling you constantly have to change or be better and then that comparison stops a little bit as well when you have the knowledge yeah I completely agree I always talk about there's always a spectrum of what's normal and that spectrum rate it ranges massively we're all really different um and I really don't buy in I'm not a massive fan of um 
like black or white thinking because there's just too many different bits in between. Um, yeah. So, yeah, those blanket rules or um, it comes back to those shoulds. I hear it all the time in sleep practice. Your baby should fall asleep, not at the breast, or they should fall asleep drowsy but awake. They shouldn't need a feed at night time or you oh, there's should 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 should, should. it's yeah, absolutely yeah. everywhere and one of my favorite mantras i can get quite to shove the should because should makes us feel that we're doing when we hear the word should it immediately feel like we're doing something wrong which yeah. again that it all ties together but sometimes just switching out that should to could that really that tip is just helped me massively and you could apply that to anything instead of going right I should exercise five times a day I could exercise once a day and feel good about it does that make sense switching those words around it's such a small thing but again that can really help ease up that comparison and that that feeling that you're doing something wrong yeah and as soon as you hear should you're going back into your own kind of when you were parented don't do this and don't do that yeah immediately shrinks you to to you know an area where you just feel really not confident of what you're doing and Mm -hmm. then I like to in the sessions that I do when I do online consultations or in the groups I like to just dismantle the kind of idea that there is one right way to do something and focus on the questions like is it working for you are you having problems with you know let's say boobing to sleep that's a big topic anyway and are you having problems with that? Is this impacting your sleep? Is this making you feel a certain way? If the answer is yes, it's impacting me and I cannot continue to do that, we could be looking at other, you know, gentle sleep association changes and bedtime changes that can be put in place over a period of time to see if baby's ready to take them on. If the answer is no, it doesn't impact you, it doesn't make any change to how you feel, but other people are making you feel you shouldn't be doing, then you could just not listen to these people and really just focus on your journey and focus on the fact that you just said no it's not a problem to you and that's what matters the most and I think dismantling this kind of idea of everybody else wants to have a little say on what happens in your bedroom but really unless they lay into your bed and do the work and do the nighttime shifts that you do with your baby they do not get to have a say and they do not get to make you feel for something that is working for you and that's working in your bedtime setting. And that is something that's really important to always look at when you're questioning anything in parenting, always know what does it do to me and why do I want to change it? Is it really because I want to have a change and then it's absolutely fine to reach out to all kinds of professional to get help? Or is it because other people are making me feel that my choices aren't right, but they are not actually something that is bothering me? So it's really important to dismantle the idea of having to change something because other people have other ideas of what you should be doing and moving into, I could be doing this if it is bothering me. Yeah, I love that. One of my favorite, and I know it's one of your favorites, your boobs, your bed, your baby, your business. Yeah, everybody should have that over their bed, like a big (laughs) wall tattoo. Just have it written on your bed and be reminded that it really does not matter. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't matter to you. It doesn't matter to the neighbor across the road, how you sleep at night with your child. If your child is sleeping and you are fine with your bedtime arrangement, that is what matters. And if you've come to the crossroad where really you want to change something because it isn't working for you, there are always gentle ways that can be put in place to change it for you. But I always want people to 
make the change because it's for them and not the neighbor across the road. Me too. And I always double check. And uh, you know me, I love a pun. I love a phrase. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love a phrase, especially alliteration. And there's loads with boobs and bed. I love of, them. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorites is, I've forgotten what I was going to say. Um, I going to say. Is yeah, that if it's working for you, if it's not an issue for you, it's not an issue. If it's working for you, you're small, you're there sleep, all is well. You honestly don't need to change anything. And if something isn't working for you, because I, I don't want my message to be that it's got to be this way or the highway, is if it's not working for you, it's unsustainable, it is whatever reason it's just not working for you or your baby, then chances are changes can be made very gently. Exactly. And the thing is, parenting isn't black and white. It isn't something like we said before, you have to, now you've chosen to co-sleep. This is the only way your baby will ever sleep until baby's 18 yeah. or something. Yeah. And it's not, okay, if you haven't done this, then that's the end of your journey and you can never do this again. It's really yeah. important to know that it is fine to make a choice that at the time was working for you for this and this many months. And now it is time to change something because I don't know, you're going back to work or you just want to sleep differently and want to have a different sleep arrangement it doesn't mean one way that you've picked has to be the one you stick to it means that you can be flexible and you can change your mind and you can learn more about things and go back to things that were working and there is so much room to go to different directions and as long as they are something that make you feel okay and if you could write a list of the things that bother you and a list that that don't bother you then you can weigh out what do you actually need from this particular situation and that's important with any parenting and especially when it comes to all the pressures when it comes to sleep and infant sleep yeah i just love everything you say i'm literally like yes oh maria i totally (laughs) totally agree like I hear this all the time. Well, I don't want to make a change because then that's it. It's forever. And I'm like, no, it's it's about being a little bit gung-ho and giving it a go. But on my tools around sleep, it's about just, just trying out, getting curious. That's all it is, is getting curious, being a bit gung-ho, giving it a go. And if it doesn't work, we can always go back to that. I call it the, the basic bedline. What was working before? Just because you make a change, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be forever or it has to be definite. Exactly. And the same goes, I hear this saying a lot. And when people say, you know, I've gone to bed with my infant now and I've moved my child to sleep and now made a rod for myself. I absolutely despise that saying, making a rod for yourself or just having done this one habit and now that's it. I'm stuck forever like this. This is not how a relationship in the breastfeeding world or the infant feeding world or however you feed your baby just because you've chosen one method of doing this kind of putting your child to sleep and it's working for this amount of time, it doesn't mean it's going to be like this until baby turns 18. It's not like that. And there are so many things that you can do and change. There are always gentle ways to teach children new sleep skills. And children also grow through so many different developmental stages in which they just reach the milestone of sleeping differently, sleeping independently sleeping and falling asleep on their own it is all something that is a huge learning curve but they can all learn that and we have all learned that I fall asleep without anyone rocking me and stuff and you know we all (laughs) go through these different phases and it's really important to remember that because a lot of the times when women start to boob their children to sleep they just say that's it all I can do now is boob this child to sleep and I'm stuck in this position but 
really you are not stuck in it there are always ways that we yeah. can talk through and find a solution that works for you again and that's again the same approach it has to work for you and when it isn't working for you you are allowed to make changes and there are thousands of different methods you can try to make yeah. these kinds of changes work for you yeah and I'm always well, lots of things there but you know where I'd really love to take those rods and shove I hate that saying make a rod yeah. for your own back every time I hear that a lot from parents I'm working with and every time I hear it a little bit of my heart breaks again because it's it's out there all the time and I, I genuinely don't believe there are any rods to be made but there's always no. changes and I'm not saying that I'm for everybody because I wouldn't I wouldn't trust anybody that's any business any business that said I'm for absolutely everybody this is the right way to do it because I don't believe in that I've always been very clear that I'm not anti sleep training I'm not anti tears I'm not anti anything it's not my bed bag I don't do it but it doesn't necessarily mean it's wrong so it's it, it will always come back to finding that supporter that works for you and is working that resonates works for you and you can see it moving forward Exactly. And that's all you need. And that's important that there are so many different resources that you can draw from uh, online and anywhere around you. And it's just important to remember that you're not doing anything wrong if you want to change something for the reasons that you want to change something. Yeah. But also, on the other hand, it's really important to remember when people apply this pressure when it comes to sleep, spoiling and these kinds of causing you a rod for yourself. These are big words that are often used when it comes to a parent-child relationship that too much of this and too much cuddling and too much of the love that you're giving is spoiling your child. And that is one of the things that makes my heart ache because Me children are not born in this world to want to be nasty and manipulative and want something and you know and want anything bad from you if you're giving your child love and your child falls asleep let's say in your loving arms on the boob then that is a wonderful moment and a wonderful bond you are creating maybe falling asleep on the boob or co-sleeping isn't for you that's also a wonderful bond and a wonderful thing that you're doing and it's really important to remember that None of these things are spoiling a child. You cannot spoil a child with love. You cannot love someone too much and that spoils them for the rest of their life. This is not how love works at all. And it's really important to remember that none of the things that you do are a bad thing if they are working for you. Yeah, I agree. No bad, bad habits. Babies, um, smalls, toddlers, that's why I use word small because it encompasses all the way up to eight. They're not made of cheese. They don't spoil. And I don't think anybody is ever going to look back and go, do you know what? I wish I loved a little bit less. Yes, that's exactly. I I actually wrote a post on that and I said, I've never looked back at a situation and gone, oh, I should have cuddled you a little bit less in that moment. It was always going to be, I wish I held you a little bit longer. I wish I gave you a little bit more time together. And a lot of the time in the society that we live in, there's this massive focus of pushing children to grow up really quickly, be independent really quickly. Don't you hug them too much? Don't you spend too much time together? Don't you sleep with them in one bed? And just pushing a child into this early early independency that for a child is completely not age appropriate and something that we're rushing them to do, for what? So in 30 years times, I will look back and go, 
oh, I wish I just had one more cuddle at night and one more thing together with my child when they're all grown up and somewhere else. You know, this time is so very precious and it's so very important to take in every moment of it. And although there will be hard moments and not sleeping is one of the hardest things of parenthood involved, but it's still something that you will look back to and go, oh, that time when we nursed to bed, that kind of calm I felt in that moment, that is a precious memory I'll have forever and that's something that you have to remind yourself as well when you're being pushed to not spend that much time together because there isn't a rule to do any of this children will grow up they will become independent and I truly believe that actually by answering all their needs equally and with lots of love and compassion you're teaching them a lot more independence because they can ask for help they feel like they are being answered to they feel like they are falling asleep in that kind of calm and secure environment and they have no fears because it's always answered with the love that we've given them and this kind of pushing away and you have to do this and you have to be that it's it's a lot for us more yeah I I definitely agree I think um it is I, I don't know how it feels for parents because nobody and it feels different for everybody it's all relative so I think when you're in that sleep deprivation and it's hard not to see the it's hard not to see the end at the end it's hard to see the light at the end of your tired tunnel. I think that's yeah. that must be so incredibly tough. But I think, um, yeah, I always like to say that babies or smalls are they're they're not demanding; they're dependent on you. And I genuinely believe that um, by meeting their needs when they ask for it. Um, and again, that's not always straight away. My approach is carry it out, so it's not stop crying. It's not even for seven months. And they go back and offering a response, but at the same time, crying is completely normal. It's how they communicate. I would never want to stop that from happening, but they trust that when we go to them, that actually fosters more independence. Exactly, and a lot of the times, when it comes to sleep as well, the big the big conversation, and I guess also for me and you to have a good conversation about that is sleep and breastfeeding and the blame that breastfeeding gets in so many different chapters for breasted babies don't sleep that much or they don't sleep at all and they want you all the time and you are their dummy and all these kinds of things that are happening in the sleep world that put a lot of pressure on breastfeeding mums as well and I think it's really important I want to reassure everyone who's listening is that you are not doing anything wrong with breastfeeding your child because breastfeeding again it's not a rod that you have created you have not created a sleep monster or anything like that because of your milk or any breastfeeding relationship that's going on all children are unique sleepers all children are individual sleepers and sleep is such a huge milestone for children to master and learn and it has nothing to do with how your baby is fed That hasn't got to do with a full tummy. It hasn't got to do with formula or bottles or pumped milk or breast milk or whether or not you're falling asleep on the boob or feeding all night through. It hasn't got to do with any of these factors because sleep is something that's very, very complex. It can be influenced by so many different factors at night. Just like as an adult, you could be influenced Mm. with 
it's too warm, too cold, you're hungry, you're cold, you need a tablet because you have pain or you were thinking about what happened last night or the day ahead and things like that. And children do the same thing. They'll wake up and they are too warm, too cold, too hot and they are reviewing what just happened, what they're learning. And on top of this, they're learning all these different developmental milestones. And when they go to the breast and nurse, often it's really often referred to, well, you need to fill them up now so then they can sleep through. But a full tummy isn't always the reason why a child sleeps a long duration or not. Because there are thousands of different reasons why children wake up at night and it has not got to do with how that infant is fed of how that child can sleep. Yeah, I honestly, once again, completely agree with Maria. In fact, I've written a blog for, um, I'm not allowed to release it yet, who it's for, but I've written a blog only yesterday. And actually one of the things that I, it was about sleeping through the night, that was the title of it. And I wrote on how your little one falls asleep. It's nothing to do with how your little one is sleeping. Yeah. It has nothing to do with their sleep. So I have worked with, um, whether they're breast or bottle fed, I've worked with breastfed babies that sleep through or only wait for one or two feeds at night time. I've worked with bottle fed babies that wake up all throughout the night up for long periods. So how your little one is feeding, it's not related to their sleep. Exactly. And that's so important to remember. And that's some a mantra that you should also just have somewhere on your bedside table and just get comfortable with because I always like for some people when you get that question is your baby sleeping through the night first of all this kind of focus on only focusing on how many hours a child stays asleep doesn't define if a baby is a good baby a bad baby or what kind of baby you're raising here because sleeping is an individual task and every child will get there and every child is so unique in their way of how they're doing it but it's also so important to never forget that you and your partner or other family members, they are all also unique sleepers. And when you get pressuring questions that go, are you sleeping through the night? I love to ask them back and go, are you sleeping through the night? Because actually (laughs) this is a really good conversation to have because we apply some pressure on really small individuals that have just entered this world and know nothing about it. And even after 30 years or 50 years or how many years an adult has been on this planet, they are still having sleep issues that can change that goes through many, many different phases. There are times when you don't need much sleep. There are times when you party all night and your sleep is all messed up. There will be times when you get older and you don't need sleep again. And there will be times when you wake up lots of times. And that's always influenced by so many different factors that you experience throughout the day, your life and everything. And the same applies to small children. They do not have a different sleep rule just because they are one day old it does not work like that it's yeah. it's just really important to realize that and remember that children are just individuals like everyone else and sleep yeah. can usually be influenced by everything we experience we hear we see and we work through at night and the way children will communicate that is unfortunately by waking and making themselves known I might wake up and I turn around and I'm awake for 20 minutes and I just go back to sleep and I haven't told anyone that I got up but a child will make you will make you know that you know what I woke up. I, I would like to connect with you again. Let me boop again, or let me have the bottle again, or the dummy, or whatever you use at night. And then you know, oh, my child has been up for so many times. But really, if you look at your night without a child that wakes you, you might do the same thing and go to the bathroom and all these things. And 
applying different sleep rules to children and applying these pressures from others, but also onto yourself for something that's actually not realistic because they are all individuals is really, really important to remember when it comes to sleep. Yeah, I again, totally agree with you. Um, (laughs) Alicia, my husband always says, uh, because if I wake up in the middle of the night, I can't get back to sleep by myself. I need help. (laughs) He's like, why have you woken me up? My theory is if I'm up, my husband's going to be up too. And that's it. That's exactly what children do as well. And that just shows, isn't it? It just shows that we are all very different, but it doesn't mean that children have to be completely different. But it is, again, these unrealistic expectations combined with myths about infant sleep and just old wives' tales about how sleep is this. You put a child down, they sleep for 12 hours, and as soon as they do that, they are this good baby that sleeps through the night. When really that whole sleeping through the night conversation, everybody is getting really bored of it because it really just isn't that straightforward and it's making you feel really pressured. And I, it took me a really long time to come to terms with that it really isn't like that. It isn't measured in someone sleeps 12 hours and this makes them a good kind of parent or it makes them a good kind of child or something or it has to do with how they feed their children. None of this is the truth. And once you come to terms with it, you will see sleep more relaxed and you feel less pressured when you wake up in the morning and you want to change your entire life. And trust me, I've been there so many times where I woke up and I haven't slept at all and I wanted to change everything. I wanted to give up breastfeeding. I wanted to do all these things. She has to sleep now with my husband and he needs to do it. I can't do it. And we've been at these desperate moments where I questioned all my sleep choices as well. But as soon as you remind yourself, actually, you know what, she's just been teething and she's been going through these things. And there's a lot going on that she's learning, crawling, walking, all these milestones. So me being there and supporting her through this is in the long run a lot more important than just focusing on the hours I get to sleep or she gets to sleep because she's up as well. And it just makes you feel more reassured when you look at why children might be not sleeping well instead of just focusing they have to sleep now. Yeah, no. <laughs> that, that's what it is, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that, Maria, because... I hear that a lot. I think parenting, again, I can only talk from experience parents share with me, and I work with a lot of parents, where they feel it's so, parenting can be so personal that if your baby isn't sleeping or they're waking loads or they're partying all night time, um, then it can be very natural and normal to internalise that as what am I doing wrong, that how my baby sits, it must be something that I'm doing, I'm raising a non-sleeper or I'm doing something wrong and I think that's a really important part of um, my message and I think it's yours too, that it's how your baby sleeps or your small sleeps, it's not, um, what I say? it's not a reflection on your parenting. Yeah. And especially when breastfeeding comes into the picture, when, you know, when breastfeeding parents come to me and they have sleep problems, it is always that conversation that we're having. What am I doing wrong? Is it my milk? Am I not filling my baby up enough? Is there something wrong with the way I breastfeed? Why is it that at night everything's so different and in the daytime we have a really good routine going? And it's it, with breastfeeding, this kind of extra layer is added to this kind of guilt that you may feel because you are nourishing another human being and keeping them alive with your own body. And it's very hard not to take behaviors personal. But again, you have to remind yourself, and I've written about that as well. I always like to say, it's not me, it is you. It is you going through a developmental milestone. It is you teething. It is you 
maybe being poorly, maybe being cold or hot or making yourself known that there are changes going on. Right now, a lot of children are going through big sleep changes because of the COVID situation in the world and families are more together and more at home and they are increasing their nursing sessions. They are doing different sleep things. And it's always worrying when changes are happening, but it's really important to remind yourself that your child is their own individual and what they go through is what they go through. And it hasn't got to do with one thing you're doing right or wrong. If anything, you're doing absolutely everything right by continuously being that constant in the whirlwind of emotions and developments they are going through. And so that's really important to always go, you look, I haven't changed anything. I haven't done a different sleep routine. I'm still in the bed there nursing you every time you wake up. And if you increase these wake-ups, I haven't changed anything. My milk doesn't change from one night to the next and suddenly isn't good enough. And that's why the night is really bad. Everything I have provided is the constant everyday task of putting you to the breast when you want the breast. And that's day or night. When, When these kind of frequencies change and you wake up more at the night or you are nursing more throughout the day, yes, you may question what's going on. But I beg you not to take it personal because it isn't personal. It has nothing to do with of anything that you did wrong in this kind of picture. It is your baby going through all these different things. And it's important to also draw a line between these behaviors and trying not to take them personal. And I know that's hard, especially when you're not sleeping and especially when you're looking for that one kind of solution. And I think you've written about that really brilliantly as well, where you said, you know, what have you done that was the one thing that you thought was the savior of your journey? And like you downloaded this white noise app and you tapped your baby twice on the left leg. and the Oh, clutching its sleep straws. Exactly. <laughs> and you're holding on to it thinking this is the one thing. And how, I have been in that situation so many times. So I told my husband, I've got it. I've got the sleep formula sorted <laughs> out. I did this. I put the teddy there. I did the light. And we focused on it and he recreated it. And I told him off when it wasn't in the right thing. And it had nothing to do with any sleep changes. It had nothing to do with anything. It was just a good night compared to a not so good night. But again, my child was going through something and it had nothing to do with these outside factors. And I am too an outside factor when it comes to sleep because I can't make someone sleep. I can't look at them and go, do it now for 12 hours and that's it. I have to wait that development out. And I personally, as an adult, I'm not a good sleeper. And I can admit that now because I'm hugely influenced by my environment, the bed I sleep in if we're traveling or excitement about projects. And, you know, like you just, that's what happens. And that's how you go through your life. And some people sleep and can sleep anywhere and other people don't do that. And again, it's about being an individual and babies are too. Yeah, we're all so different. The clutching at sleep straws, and I, I also think it's. I, I would never use humour to dismiss how sleep deprivation can impact everything. But I also think it's important to have a giggle in these times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hence all the puns and just trying to bring positivity to it. And clutching at sleep straws is one of my favourite sayings. And again, it's so honest and refreshing to hear you say that that you we all do it like it's that one magic thing that why yeah. they're not sleeping the pyjamas it's because i didn't tap them in exact exactly same place. exactly um, and that again it just reiterates as well that we tend to make the sleep of someone else about us and actions that we have taken and and although you can probably influence a lot of ways of sleeping and perhaps like you say slid, uh, stitch sleep cycles together and all these kinds of things when you know more about sleep 
but it's again about making something that you do different or not yeah. different about someone else's sleep and I think that I think it's funny and I use humor to cope with a lot of things and especially sleep deprivation if you don't laugh about it you will cry about it so yeah, I, I think it's nice to have a little giggle and say you know what you're not the only one and if you're listening to that I have not slept for like three and a half years through a night ever <laughs> or longer than that even I'm still holding on to sleep straws every now and then and I still wake up sometimes wondering what am I doing wrong so I definitely <laughs> do not have all the answers but I can just remind people of the things that I think about and when I think about them out loud and my posts on sleep and myth busting and talking to you on these kind of podcasts to just try and make you feel less alone and that sometimes is all you need to make through a difficult time not just the solution of something because not everything is very a magical kind of yes this is it but it's just knowing you're not the only one who's going through this particular development and finds this hard and is struggling with that and that brings us all together knowing that you know there's a nation of mothers that are not sleeping <laughs> yeah parents that aren't sleeping it's, it's a it's massive and coming back to what you said something really stood out for me there when you said that it's not we can't convince or cajole them to sit and I say this all the time in practice if I've learned anything working with, with with families for 20 years not always as a sleep consultant but working as a as a nanny from 19 that's all I've ever known is working with children is that we yeah. cannot cajole or convince them to do anything they're not they, they're just not capable of whether that's developmentally physically emotionally they're not ready yeah. for it you cannot force them to sleep you can't force them to do anything um so on my approach it's not about controlling them or convincing them to get calm and go to sleep it's about meeting them where they're at um, so you're completely right there's so many different layers to why your baby's waking up at night time and really really um i'm really about that. I need to shout this louder for those at back but isn't just one thing why they're waking up um, really important and um, it will be a combination of different things and there isn't a one-size-fits-all sleep solution I know there's one banded around all the time but I don't believe that I don't believe in one size anything one size sucks there's one size fits all oh, yeah. sleep solution that moves you forward and it won't be just one magic thing why your little one is waking up at night time um, it's usually a combination of three four things it's putting it all together that moves them forward. Yeah. And I think it's just about learning what's absolutely normal because when you have all these different pressures applied to you as a parent and when it comes to sleep or breastfeeding or infant feeding in general, there's always so many different opinions that you receive from other people. And it's really important to actually get the knowledge from a source where you know, okay, actually there is research on child development here that suggests this and this. And it just helps sometimes to know what's actually a normal thing that we can expect from a child of this age and again normal will range for every child massively even if they're four month old and all of the four month old sleep different still but it's just really nice to learn about sleep and the different cycles learn about sleep in general the different hormones and everything that is involved and how we can naturally work with that sometimes like you say pushing things forward or backwards in terms of a sleep routine or putting a nap time at a different time and trying a different and suddenly you see different responses to sleep and how mm -hmm. they normally sleep because you've adjusted something to their natural 
natural pattern that naturally and biologically happens in that kind of development over time frame in their development. And I yeah. think that's more important to focus on than just trying to find that one way that's just done by pressuring and other comments from other people and also questioning why you know everything is so complex everything in life is very complex nothing and I wish and I think you wish that as well when someone comes to me and says you know I have this problem I wish sometimes I could go bippity bappity boo here's the solution go away and that's the oh, end of your journey the magic sleep wand you don't have a booby Isn't wand it? <laughs> no I wish I would have that because every time I you can fix one solution or you can fix one thing in the breastfeeding world or a breastfeeding problem and I guarantee you in your journey you will roll into the next one if it is the latch at the beginning then you have milk supply doubts maybe your baby is biting at another time then you're introducing solids and all of this will create different worries at different times and all of that is completely normal and I think it's just nice to take confidence in the fact that everyone is going through these kinds of worries and everyone has laid awake at night wondering what is going on and why am I doing this and why aren't I doing this and question their abilities every now and then and then it's so important to remind yourself that we're all going through this and there's nothing wrong with what you're doing and if that's working for you then just please continue on your road and get the reassurance from people that make you feel good about what you're doing and not question your ability. Yeah I think that's again really good point about if like the, especially there's so much content out there now the parenting yeah. um arena forums instagram facebook like it's the parenting space so many voices so many, and we need that they're really useful because again we're all really different i wouldn't yeah. want to be in an echo chamber where everybody was just saying the same thing over and over and over again but we need that but sometimes that content we have to remember is that that content posts whether it, including mine just the guide it's not the gospel it's not tailored to your small and yeah. if it's not making you feel good sometimes just stepping back a little bit can help mute button step away from instagram a little bit i think that can help massively as well yeah and that's again like we said in the beginning of the podcast it's just taking up that space to not let the comparison come into this like into what's been going on for you and then also finding people that will make you feel reassured in your choices and will work with your individual choices as you as a family rather than putting this one approach works for all because that absolutely never exists if someone tells you this is one approach that worked for all of the people I've worked with that is a question to me because it can't be like that because no. there is never one solution for one particular child we're all individuals we all need different things and it is about learning from your child your child will teach you more things than I will ever teach you about breastfeeding and that will you ever teach about sleep because yeah. we have to learn as a relationship towards our children and what our children are like as individuals and what is normal for them. Expecting a child that is like that to be someone else is not normal. <laughs> so yeah. it's, it's important to remember that they all have their range of normal and to a certain point we can definitely do things and change things and try different approaches to sleep and see how things are when you are not boobing to sleep or when you're doing nighttime weaning or things like that. But to a certain extent, your child will be your child and learning what your child is capable of and what your child is like is more important than trying to force something on that your child is maybe not ready or is just not like that. Yeah, 100%. Um, I always like to say they're not born with a manual because that would be really handy, but you're 
your small, your baby is the manual, aka the bed yeah. boss, and they it doesn't always feel like it, I know, but they will teach you everything you need to know. It's all they'll yeah. communicate that with you. And they will always always Often surprise lovely. you. As, <laughs> yeah. And they will always surprise you as well because I've had so many situations as a mother where I thought, okay, well, my children can only sleep in their bed like this, really nice and dark. Again, the sleep straw kind of clasping onto that. But then you go somewhere and you travel, you do different things. They are in a different environment and scenario. And suddenly they've learned something new and they have also surprised you and how they slept. They suddenly, if they've always been rocked to sleep, they can sleep in a pram. Or if they've always been carried around and suddenly they sleep on someone else. And they will surprise you. And that's why you need to leave this room open for them to be an individual, to watch out for what's normal for them and only ever compare behaviors to their own behaviors and not to someone else and to other babies as well. Because then you really truly can work with your child and work out what is a realistic thing that you can do in terms of sleep or infant feeding or anything. Yeah, I agree. I think there's so much expectation as well. Like we, it keeps coming back to expectation. We've got this expectation, which is often wildly unrealistic. All babies are born exactly the same. Personality, temperament. They're all going to feed exactly the same way. They're all going to have the same nap at the same time, the same amount of length each day. Go to bed at the same time and sleep twelve hours at night time. Some babies do that, and that's fine because that's them. That's where they're at. But they don't all do that and I love that some not all kind of approach yep that works for some but it won't work for all some might do a two-hour lunchtime nap um not all of them will I think that's really important yeah and once you learn that you'll actually feel a lot better about any aspect of your parenting because that that will just take so much pressure off you that you're just more content with how it's going for you because again it's just it's hard to try and leave these expectations out because there is a lot that that goes on and a lot of people always have a snarky quick little comment that they make and you actually carry home and dissect for weeks why they said that and actually it comes down to just trying not to let that come to you because you know and you are reassured that you are doing a really good job and sometimes that's just looking at your child smiling at you and being a happy little baby or toddler or preschooler and you know you've done a really good job without needing to have anyone being a you know um a critic or someone who narrates what you're doing right or wrong and sometimes just taking your child's happiness as the one measurement helps as well Mm. it's hard not to take it personally isn't it when people in in anything not just in absolutely everything and when people criticize you it's it's so hard to hear that and hard so hard not to take it personally but when people criticize it doesn't again doesn't matter with it parenting work whatever you're doing it actually says more about them rather than you because they're not actually criticizing you they're actually criticizing criticizing themselves or they're trying to justify what they're doing. Does that make sense? Exactly. Yes, that makes sense. It's always about the other person. It's always about that, and it's always either a protecting mechanism or trying, like you said, finding the excuses for what you've been doing. And it, it, you will over, all, all the time find kind of criticism is wired into, oh, I have been doing it like this, and that was working for me because they feel probably criticized by you doing something different that they didn't yes. do. 
And that sometimes speaks a lot louder than like I like to listen to, obviously, when my grandparents or someone likes to say something about my mothering approach and it's very different to that. And I don't want to step onto their toes because what they held valuable and important at their time is what they're preaching to me now. And then it's always to say, you know, that worked for you. That's really great. Everything's fine, but I'm doing it like this because this is working for me. So we all have that room to grow and also be proud of who we were as mothers or parents and don't criticize each other for what we did just because we had different values at the time. And that can even range from child to child. Some parents, you know, they'll do one parenting journey and then they go, actually, I think next time we're going to do other things and do different things. And they learn everything mm. is a huge learning, a learning curve and trying to not have that many expectations from it, but just taking it as it is. Although that's super hard. That's one of the things that you can take away from and that makes sleep or breastfeeding less pressured. Yeah, definitely. Everything is a massive learning lesson. And I think coming back to the boobs and the, the blame, where that's why we need more people like you Maria shouting about it talking about what's natural and normal and busting those myths because I think that's the only way to kind of move forward it's the same with sleep to move forward and 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 talk about what's natural normal and talk about where these myths come from because the boobs do get the blame I hear it all the time I know I'm to blame I'm feeding to sleep I'm feeding to sleep I know I'm guilty of it um and yeah, I think just keep on talking about it. It's really important because there's loads. Boobing to sleep, feeding at night time. There's, I, I'm just trying to think of things I hear all the time, but feeding to sleep is a bad habit. I don't believe in any bad booby habits or bad habits, um, but I do hear these a lot. I'm feeding to sleep. It's a bad booby habit. I'm feeding every time I wake up. It's a bad habit. We've somehow got this connotation that if going to them every time they wake up and giving them what they need we're somehow giving in and reinforcing that and waking up for comfort there's so much do you have any I'm sure you've got lots to talk about there there's a lot to talk about and like you said none of it is a bad habit like we said it is your bed your business and I truly believe that and you can say your boobs your bed your business because it really is like that what you do at night and how it works for you and if that's fine for you then that's what matters and it hasn't got to do like we say how your child has been fed at night and one of the big things that I always hear is that kind of being used as a dummy um, and mm. that the breast is kind of the soothing point, but my child is just using me. And I want to really say that that is a wrong sentence to use because a pacifier is a plastic piece of equipment that was designed to replace you. You are not a pacifier. You are the natural and normal way of infant feeding. And that involves comfort feeding and having time and space where your child can comfort feed on your breast. It's not only good for your milk supply, but it's also really important for children to know they are being loved and cared for and all of their needs on the breast are being answered and they aren't just nutritional but they are emotional needs as well that a child will work through by comfort nursing on the breast so when we say we are you know this bad thing and my child is using you this is a good thing it is good for breastfeeding it's good for milk supply and this is completely normal and natural 
and you are not a pacifier. The pacifier is replacing you. And when children do have a pacifier and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, I want to just make that clear. <laughs> there's <laughs> nothing wrong with using a pacifier. I'm not shaming them or blaming them, but I want to remove the sentence of my child is using me as a dummy, which is not true. Your child is using you because that's the normal natural place to go to. If at any point you want to decide and introduce a pacifier to give yourself a bit of space, but still offer your child this comfort, yes, then the pacifier can replace you and there's nothing wrong with that either. But it's just really important to remember that you are not creating a bad habit. You are not the bad habit. Breastfeeding is not to blame. Your milk supply or your milk is not to blame when it comes to sleep or to certain behaviors of children. Yeah, I totally agree. And just to add to that, um, again, it comes back to that summer all rule. Feeding to sleep at bedtime for naps, it can never, actually feeding, full stop, but feeding, breastfeeding to sleep for naps, go, feeding to sleep at bedtime, feeding your little one overnight time, it's never a bad, bad, a bad habit. It's never a wrong thing to do. It never needs to stop unless you want it to. And it's not always the reason that they're, they're up at night time. I have worked with hundreds. I'm going to add it up one day. I'd love to just find it. I would love to, to hear it. that number. Yeah. <laughs> no, just, like, just put all, collate it all and, and retest it together. But I work with hundreds of babies that breastfeed all the way to sleep, either in a bed, co-sleeping, or they go into a crib or a cot, and they sleep through the night, or they wake up for an age-appropriate number of feeds. Exactly. And that's absolutely fine. That's normal and that's natural. And I promise you that would change all the time. That amount of wake-ups that can change whether or not you're breastfeeding or any bottles are involved at all. My preschool daughter is also, she's not using any bottles at night or she's not breastfeeding anymore, but she's still sleeping completely individual. And some nights she wakes up a few times, some nights she doesn't. And it just stays like that and it is like that, just that. And yeah. it isn't a bad thing and it hasn't got to do, like we said, with that one rule of yeah. it covers all. And it's really important to not blame how a child is fed and link that to sleep as well because there should never be blame on anything involved when it comes to sleep. It's just acceptance and learning from your child. Yeah, I I totally agree surprise surprise um, but yeah that's one thing I really would like to like always talking about that in practice on Instagram, like always always talking about that that really do want to change that conversation because it's such a myth out there that boobing to sleep is to blame like breastfeeding is to blame for sleep night sleep breastfeeding to sleep is to blame for un an unsettled night's sleep and yes in some cases rare cases we do look at that and i would look at, it's not about stopping breastfeeding completely um I never ever tell a parent what to do and i would like to think that my approach is super breastfeeding friendly if you don't want to stop or your baby wants to feed, we're never ever going to stop them coming from the coming for the breast i didn't mean that coming <laughs> onto the breast or coming for the breast it's about just making very little changes to help. And I think, I'm, yeah, I'm going to keep shouting that loud. I think it's so important. And then for Thank lots you. of babies, <laughs> lots of babies, the feeding to sleep, it just doesn't impact the sleep at all. But it will always be something like how mm. your baby is feeding. It's not related to how they sleep. Exactly. And it's so important. Please shout it. 
everywhere, posters everywhere, because breastfeeding gets so much blame for sleep and it's not true. There is absolutely nothing wrong with it. But also I've worked with so many families that have breastfed babies, exclusively breastfed babies, that they give a nighttime feed and they will sleep for hours and hours and hours. Yeah, me and too, then Maria. There are lots of babies that are formula fed and they will wake up lots and lots of times. Or there are babies that are bottle fed with express breast milk and they also wake up or they are also sleeping different. And again, it's about the individual child and not the way that child has been fed. And Me too. I know that's really hard not to do. And like we said, especially with breastfeeding, there's this kind of personal thing that is involved because it's your body that's part of the sleep story as well. But it's just distance yourself from these thoughts and remind yourself that it's actually a really nice and calm environment to to be breastfeeding and that it won't be like this forever. Yeah, I think sometimes it feels like forever when you're in it, though, Maria. Yeah. It's like lockdown. It feels like it forever. does. It feels like this every day. Ground. I can see you for eight. I've forgotten what you look like. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's been a wild ride. I'm not gonna lie. It's crazy. <laughs> We're halfway through this year. Like, I'm just like. What have I done for the last three months? And then I remember, I'm like, you've got through Fasting a pandemic. Sleep, man. <laughs> yeah, you've supported lots of parents. You're doing enough. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that's what you have to remind yourself as a parent as well. You are just muddling through some days and other days you feel on top of the world, but you are doing enough and you're being enough and what you're doing at nighttime is enough and you don't need to be anything different you don't need to do anything different you don't need to try it thousands of different ways of infant feeding to get that one sleep solution just accept it for what it is and please work with carrie <laughs> <laughs> not all thank you that's very nice of you to say so but um i don't know it all i can't like i'm always i'm as honest as i come i can't help everybody because again i just don't believe there's this one size i call it a bed band-aid where i can help everybody or like have that magic wand i wish i had a magic wand at times but there is i think it's just we I can't believe how much we've covered or how long we've been talking for. I could talk to you all day, Maria. Um yeah, me too. I think the biggest takeaways is that so many things, um, so many little takeaways, I'm gonna try and remember them for the for the notes, but if it's working for you, all is well. The boobs aren't to blame. If it's working for you, all is well. Try not to compare yourself. Um, that every your parenting journey, your breastfeeding journey, your sleep journey, it looks different for everybody. Exactly. And these are the main points. And I think printing them out, having them near your bedroom, reading them as you need them if they are affirmations. Perhaps we should do a set of breastfeeding, boobing, infant feeding affirmations. <laughs> I can't believe do you know, so as we were talking, I've literally written down on my piece of paper, Maria, talk about cards because we could collab on this and make something really lovely that we like a like a little flip chart by the bed exactly and you have it next to your bedtime when you go to bed and you have these doubts creeping in you read four or five affirmations and you repeat yourself that you are enough none of this has to do with anything that you're doing wrong and you're a wonderful mother or parent and i think you go to bed a lot more reassured and you zoom out the different myths that are there i think we should do that yeah definitely we'll chat about that maria yeah maria yes, yes. is that anything else you would like to share with parents listening that is it. I think you're all doing a really wonderful job. I feel you. I'm sending lots of solidarity if your nights are looking anything like my nights at the moment. And I know for a fact that it will get better. And 
we are all in this together. You're doing a wonderful job and none of the things, if they are working for you, are wrong. You're wonderful. Oh, Maria. <laughs> it makes me so happy. Yes, happy tears. Was so nice. Lovely. It was so nice. It was so nice. Yes. Thank you so much. Um, I really no hope worries. you enjoyed talking to me as much as I've been. I literally could talk have, to you all day. I was like, oh, it's been so long. I could continue. <laughs> no, no, yes. I honestly could talk to you all the time. And I really hope you'll come back on the show very, very soon. I would love to. You can, I will be on the show anytime. We can speak all day, every day. I will be here for this. And we Amazing. definitely have to do some sleep boob affirmations because they don't exist and we need to move now. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> I think that would be lovely, especially because you have so many kind of sleep puns and things like that that are relatable to your brand, but will also be really, really lovely to read and be so reassuring. And yeah. some of the things that we've said in today's um, podcast, I think they can be written down and already be used like that and put on a nice little card and have a little set of that because that's all you need sometimes. Someone telling you that you're doing it right rather than everyone telling you you're doing it wrong totally agree that little voice is so important yeah oh it's been so lovely thank you for having me again I my pleasure it. lots of love take Great. care yeah. bye thank you so much for listening to me your host kerry secker on the carrot out sleep show i really hope you found the podcast reassuring informative and a little bit fun if you did please don't forget to subscribe to the show below and i'd be so grateful if you could leave me some fabulous feedback I always love hearing from you and one lucky listener will win lifetime access to my Bedtime Basics e-course every single month. My next podcast episode will be out in two weeks time, but if you can't wait for more of my sleep shizzle, you can find me over on Instagram at Consultant. I update my sleep squares and speak sleep there on the daily. Big love and sleep solidarity to you all.